I saw the whole deaf and dumb school healed en masse. And I turned around and I saw their teachers crying because they'd lost their job now. Joy is actually a skill. Contentment is actually a skill. These things come out of maturity. What I would say to my younger self, there is a life available for more joy and more meaning and more adventure and more satisfaction, but it's a life that you cannot get independently. Guys, welcome to the Ansons podcast. Sam is not here this morning. If you got in your car and you just sensed a kind of dearth in your day, it's because Sam had a baby. Very exciting, but he is out. So rather than just solo host this particular episode, we might come back to that later, I've asked Justin on our team and JD to come into the studio today. Guys, thank you. Yeah, you bet. I feel like the B uh, team. No, no. I thought he was going to say if you feel a dearth in your soul, it's because you're about to listen to JD and Justin. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That would still be the B team, though, John. Okay, so <laughs> what we're going to talk about, we are on the cusp of summer. It's leafing out here. Days are getting warmer. You step outside and feel like you could do anything. And so you guys happen to be two of the folks I know who are extremely adept at sucking the marrow out of summer. So we're going to jump into what are some of the everything from the strategic to the tactical that you do to really get the most out of these months, tips that our guys can use. But because this is Ansons, the first thing that we have to frame this conversation with is, listeners, do you ever take the time to actually stop and ask, what is this summer for? Rather than just go, it's summer, that means some intuitive thing, go, what is it that you need this summer? So what I want to ask you guys is, do you ask that question? How do you frame how you are going to use the next several months? That's a great question. And uh, absolutely, as I come into summer, especially in these last couple of weeks of May, uh, as the kids are about to get out of school and uh, because of the sort of seasonality of our work here at Ransom Heart, we, we head into what is a lighter season for us, a chance to get some rest and restoration. I can definitely feel myself asking the question of myself and of God, what is it that I need? And so for me, that looks like my quiet time and my journaling turning towards that question um, because... I've had a lot of summers just kind of sneak by where all of a sudden the kids are out of school and then it's June, July, August, and it's like, crap, what, what happened to summer? And so absolutely, the last few years, um, I have been very intentional about asking the father, what do, you, what do you have for me this summer? And so I don't have an answer for that because I'm actually literally uh, this week really turning my heart to that question. I have, I have some suspicions of what I need, but I haven't yet heard the father's response. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's uh, similar for me, uh, just as we come out of this busy season and then into summer, um, without realizing, like, I'm ready for downtime, I'm ready for rest and relaxation, 
but we're just trying to get through these next couple weeks until school ends and our kids are home and it feels like we can just like sigh and okay but without without planning and without without asking that question you know of myself and taking it to God and saying you know what do we have in store for this summer i think what summer could end up like is sitting in front of the tv with your kids for the whole summer and you get to the end of the summer and you say, what happened, right? That's not fulfilling. At least it's not fulfilling to me. And so um, as we get closer to the beginning of summer, I find myself asking, where do I want to go? And certainly rest, relaxation is part of it, but also joy and adventure, but also not in a busy way. Yeah, it's killer. I'm going to kick right back to you here in a second. What? How about you? What I was just going to say is one of the things that's been helpful recently is basically for a long time I haven't asked that question, what is this summer for? Mm -hmm. And so I simply go in with what summer allows. And then there's sort of a tyranny of the urgent of summer, which is you can fish in summer. You can fish the rest of the year too, but it's not as fun. And so any opportunity to get on a river, I'll accept, or any opportunity to get in the mountains simply because it's available. Mm -hmm. But there's no way to make decisions between alternatives, and I sort of feel like I skip along the surface. One question that's been helpful for Em and I is, what season are we in right now? And it sort of provided this, okay, what's just the larger context of our life? that can help us make sense of the summer. I think if I had asked it at other seasons, it would have really helped. And so we can just kind of go right now, well, we just moved into a house. We're new in a neighborhood. You know, we're painting walls and trying to fix plumbing. And that, and we have a daughter who is just able to walk now. Well, she's been able to walk for a while, but she's, you know, she can walk herself to the park now. She doesn't want you to pick her up. And that sort of framed... What we want to do with the summer is it looks like, wow, so really being here seems mm-hmm. to be the priority and living in this neighborhood and learning this side of town and all these things that actually look super local, but they are our priority this time. So going, what season are we in? And I think, you know, if I were still 22, 23, it would be very different. It would be sort of the exploration. It would be... Uh, accepting adventure and then planning around that in order to incorporate it into my life. And I know that even Sam, who's not here, very different. His summer possibilities are even more limited than mine. So he's asking a very different question about what is this season and what does it mean to use this summer well? But tossing back to you, because you, you know, definitely someone who has the micro adventure skill, as I just read on a photo caption of an image you had published in a local magazine. When I go using the summer, not staying parked in front of the TV, what what are some of the first things that you do think of? So we have three kids uh, ranging from nine to 13 years old, and we love including them in adventures. Um, but I think there's two parts to that. I think there's one part where I remember back to about this time last year as we got into summer and I'm driving into work and I'm thinking, man, I'm, you know, I'm like a little bit early to work. I'm going to stop at this new trail that I've never checked out before and walk a mile up a canyon and come back and then drive to work. And in the vein of a micro adventure. And the other side of that is how do we involve our kids in it? And, you know, it's not like, 
it's not the planning Disney World. It's not the, at least for us, it's not the water parks. It's not this big extravagance. It's let's go hike along that stream that's by our house. You know, something that we don't do very often. And we get out there and we do that. And and it could be 30 minutes or half an hour. And we walk, you know, when the kids were little, we didn't walk very far. And there's one little place where you can park and go in like 20 yards and there's this little pool. And we would never go beyond that. And now that the kids are bigger, they love walking up the stream. And just involving the kids in those adventures is super, super fun. And so, and it's, and I also find that it, to a certain extent, like taking all that time to plan out this big epic adventure is a lot of work. And and there's certainly a time and place for that. And we've done that. But what I've really enjoyed and my wife, Christine, has really enjoyed with us is just saying, hey, let's take off a little bit early this afternoon and let's go do, you know, X. Let's go up this hike. Let's go for a walk, you know, even just down the street and back. And And those times end up being really fun and actually very memorable. John, same question. Summer, taking advantage of it. First things that come to mind. Yeah, so for us, it's definitely uh, driven by the season that we're in. Um, Our oldest daughter graduates from high school next week, and we'll be headed to the UK to go to animation school. And so we are faced with this reality that this is our last sort of guaranteed summer together. Now, my hope and prayer is we have lots more summers together as a family, but we know we have this one and she's not doing some internship or something. And so Amy and I were actually just last night talking about what do we want this summer to hold for us as a family. And much like you, Justin, we actually kind of came to the conclusion that we're not looking for like a bunch of big adventures. We're rather looking for how can we spend time together as a family, mostly at home. Now, we do have a big trip planned when we drop Anna off at school in Europe. Um, But how do we take time together as a family? And so for us, uh, the last few years, summer has really begun in my mind um, right after the kids get out of school, when I take my son on a father-son trip to Moab, and it's dirt bikes and mountain bikes and tents, and then this year, we've invited some other fathers and sons in our community to go with us, and so I'm just looking forward to like late nights around the campfire, yes. conversations with other men and with my son and their sons, so I, that's mm. kind of the kickoff of summer for us. I have two things that are just totally stirred in response. One is a question, but the first thing that I hear and is a tactical suggestion, but is also sort of universally important, ritual. Mm. And I think there's something about neglecting the kind of incarnate transitions that sort of takes the wind out of the sails of summer. You know, we don't have the last day of school. In winter, at least, there's the start of the ski season, and right. there's this kind of hoopla around that starting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one thing that I felt lacking since we used to do the very same thing, you know, as young men all the way, the start of summer was the spring trip to Moab, and it was mountain biking, and it was campfires. And then we knew that the end of summer was the trip to the Tetons, and then we would be looking at hunting season, and there would be these things. And just to recommend, even if it's just the start of summer 
party. I mean, for a couple of years, we did this sort of pagan-seeming ritual of destroying the snow shovel uh, in the front lawn, <laughs> which was the end of winter. Obviously, that one sort of stopped because it was a little weird. But there, it was just something of... And you kept having to buy new snow shovels <laughs> next we would year. Actually, you know, as the winter goes on, there's the snow shovel, you realize, is the worst snow shovel that yeah, doesn't really work. They don't last long. There was always an opportunity to get rid of that one, naturally culling the herd. But just go, <laughs> does your summer have a kickoff? Is it the, is it the party... Is it the day hike, but something just to initiate the season? It's huge. I want to just throw it back to you, John, and ask, you know, you've said that it looks like a lot of time at home. What are the things that make that more intentional for you? Because, you know, you're at home all the time and it's not necessarily summer. Right. Well, I think the big difference is for us with older kids is that the kids are at home during the summer. And it would be very easy, and that's why I loved the, your pointing out the importance of ritual. It would be very easy for us just to slide into summer. All of a sudden, the kids are home all day and nothing changed about my life. So I'm still working late, you know, coming home tired. But instead to say, no, I'm going to try and take the season and intentionally cut out of work a little bit early if I can, you know, try and get home, take Eli for a mountain bike ride, spend time every evening in the hot tub with the kids, um, just space around the fire pit as a family, inviting other families into some of that. I think it's that shift to uh, the longer days, there's more daylight, and therefore I try and come home with some of the best of who I am to offer to my family for the yeah. evening yeah. rather than kind of come dragging into home mm-hmm. just in time for dinner. And then it's like, okay, I've won to bed because it's school tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, along those veins, I think that's so important um, to just realize that there's a shift. Um, I've spent a lot of the past couple of years working remotely, working at home and realizing that I'm no longer the only one home. There's a whole family here, which is great. When I started working from home, it was so I could be around people. And then all those people started going to school. And then so I started working more in the office. But um, even in the summer, I tried to it's a weird mix of because I don't want that to be a distraction. But yet, if I can have some flexibility to, well, I'm going to work a little bit in the morning or a little bit in the afternoon from home and not, you know, to, to spend that time and to be intentional. And one of the things that I love is sitting on the back deck. We're all eating lunch outside or something. The kids are running around on the trampoline or the backyard, throwing a Frisbee, playing volleyball, whatever that is, but just being in that, that feels like summer to me. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so important to, I think, to make that shift. And I think as we're talking through this, I, in my mind, have less of a shift into that than I do for winter. Like winter comes, we're in Colorado, and I'm 2000 feet up into the mountains from here. So it gets colder sooner. We heat our house with wood. And so now we have this ritual of I get up early so I can light that fire. And like now I'm into that and I love that. And I'm realizing I have less of a shift as we go into summer. I love what you're describing. It reminds me of, you know, Luke talking about Joy once in an article and the intentionality of his posture had some really simple recommendations. One of them was that he and his wife bought baseball gloves and 
it allowed them just to step outside. We did the same thing when we lived in a house of guys in just out of college where it was, let's just have things available to be able to transition right outside, yeah. toss a baseball, throw a Frisbee. I think zoom. I'm going to zoom out one more time really quick to go. feels like for me, looking at summer, everything comes down to two things after framing what the summer is for. And it is as simple as on the larger scale, planning on the lower scale, my habits and go, Emma and I have just learned that, you know, right now, audience, I think you still maybe have a two week window, but more like 10 days to mark out any weekend that you'd like to go camping or hike a mountain or do a road trip. After which, unless you're a very special person, it won't happen. And for Em and I have realized that sort of April is actually our month, which is why this podcast is late to kind of point to let's pick a week. Let's pick one weekend a month. That's a mountain weekend. Let's pick one weekend a month. That's a hike. And we'll just all and we'll have those and sort of that meta pick them. And so my Anson's exhortation is this is the Holy Spirit communicating to you, audience, saying today in the next couple of days. After you've framed what your summer is for, pick your weekends, pick your days so that they're set aside. You know, I do want to fish during the summers. So all one, what I mostly do is I just wait for dad to invite me, uh, which is a a hit and miss strategy. Uh, But what I'm learning to do is just to pick days and go Mm -hmm. river day, river day, river day. And then as we get closer, we can decide what that means. I think. The one that is almost more helpful and we're talking about in sort of the posture every day transitioning in is how do you develop, you know, habits that actually help you engage summer, that put you in a position where you're available when you get home to your family. You are thinking of that hike you can take into, you know, on your way into work and just do the 30 minute whatever because it becomes part of your routine. Two things that I've learned there that... You know, you talk about how in the winter you have this ritual and it's chopping wood and it's um, building a fire and it's just this incredibly awesome sounding discipline. In the winter, I check the thermostat and make sure it doesn't need to be turned up a degree. Um, but this is, you know, admittedly, this is the most basic of all pieces of tactical advice for the summer, but one that I like asking the young guys that I talk with when they're talking about their time is, can you can you wake up 30 minutes earlier than you are right now and use it as a time to sort of frame your day? For whatever reason, it seems just more natural in the winter because there's this cozy thing yes. happening where you yep. get up and if you're a coffee drinker, you make the coffee and the house is dark and there's this sort of like magical time. But in like the summer... I think out of sort of the abundance of rest, I shift into this sleep, get up, but it actually ends up a lot of the time backfiring. And I, as I sort of learned, actually, one of the key habit things of summer is just seizing that morning time from my life with God and going, you know, I can, I've got it to a T. I can make it into work in time if I wake if I swing out of bed at like 740. Yeah. What's the latest I can sleep? Yeah. But, you know. In the winter, most days I would be like, yeah, I'm up at six and I'm writing and I'm in reading and whatever. And then slowly that gets lost. So just to back it up and go, whatever it is, is it six? Is it 630? Is it seven? How can I keep my heart engaging a life with God out of which the actual summer joy is still going to happen? 
so that when the rest of the day is going, I'm already primed and ready to go. And when the opportunity mm -hmm. to hike comes up, I want to because I'm not sort of thrown on my heels week after week. So, Blaine, let me ask a question. Um, we are very fortunate where we work uh, that there is a rhythm to our year uh, where for us, the very deliberately, summer is a lighter schedule. Even though we may still be in the office every day, we don't have huge projects. We just kind of go into kind of a maintenance mode for a couple of months because the falls and the springs around here are super intense. What would you say to our listeners that don't have the luxury of that built-in rhythm to their year? Um, how important is it to create that for oneself? And how might one do that? That's great. I don't know that I'm the most qualified person at this table right now to answer that question. So if anybody else has... John should, should answer his own question. I do want you to answer your own question and not presume that I know that. But there is one thing that I think of right away. You know, when you look at your year, part of the thing that summer is for is this opportunity for abundance. Um, a theologian I really like, Norman Versba, talks about what Sabbath is, is receiving the world as gift. And there's so much of that in the summer. There's so much awe-inspiring view, opportunity to sit by a river. If you live in the middle of a city, you at least know the vibe in the summer of, you know, hot dogs on sidewalks and the classic stuff of the warmth when you step out of your apartment and it's not bitterly cold and there are squirrels annoying you in your trash and whatever. And just there is this abundant thing happening. There is this gift happening. And I think, and that's actually very important for the heart because the thing that it's connected with is joy. We mention, we keep bringing this up in podcasts because it's so important, but we talk about if your life with God doesn't have a regular dose of adventure, it's not going to be sustainable. If your life with God doesn't include inviting him into the things that you love, it's not going to sustain the masculine soul. And so summer is also this opportunity where a lot of the things that simply bring joy take place in the summer, whether it's beers on the patio, whether it's the fact that the evening becomes really nice and temperate and you can take walks in your neighborhood, or whether it is it's when the road trip happens. And there is this discipline factor of here is the opportunity where the activities that you love are available, and those are the things that you can actually invite God into, and those do something mm -hmm. for your heart. Mm -hmm. And so I think... Looking at your year, what I think, John, is you're making that super valid point is that whatever your season looks like, because the funny thing Anson's is this summer is going to be a little different. But up until now, our schedule is flipped because you may or may not know we make film and you film in the summer most of the time. And so we've had we've been stepping into our most intense season right now. This one, fortunately, is not as heavy as last year. But there is there is sort of a spiritual reality to summer. And whatever demands your job has, there is a real need to structure your time to engage that spiritual reality. You know, what I find myself thinking through as we talk about this is that, as I was mentioning in the winter, I get up early before the kids and my wife are awake. I start that fire and I get to be alone in a dark room. Sometimes I make coffee. Sometimes it's just staring into the fire as it heats up and gets going. And 
I'm as much as I look forward to summer, I miss the rhythm of that, of that being every morning. What I do look forward to is sleeping in a little bit longer than 530-ish when I get up in the winters to do all that. Um, but if I'm not careful, I can very easily say, to your point, Blaine, how late can I sleep so that I can get up, do everything I need to do, like eat and take a shower and get to work on time? And so I'm, I'm thinking through as you're talking about that and that sem- semblance of just that daily rhythm, how do I move that time that I so enjoy just happens to be in front of a fire into a summer activity? And I find myself longing for warm summer days sitting outside on the back deck with a cup of coffee. This morning it was foggy outside and a little too cold still here in Colorado to do that. But I'm finding that the rhythm of that that I have in the winter, which is winter for us is most of the year here in Colorado, moving that into the summer and still, you know, just continuing those little rhythms that I have into a different season. Talking of rhythm, I think that to answer my own question, rhythms are important not just in the day that you're describing, Justin, but also in our months and in our years. Mm-hmm. And I I lived for a long time. If I look at you know sort of my first ten or twelve working years, I didn't have a rhythm. It was every day get up and go as hard as I could. Yep go to bed that night, get up the next morning, mm-hmm. and repeat. Mm-hmm. And while you're young, you can kind of get away with it, but the truth is your soul isn't actually getting away with it, and there's a cost to that. And that sort of nonstop driven life um, is absolutely exhausting to the soul and then eventually to the body as well. And so... Over the last six or seven years since I've been here at Rounds and Heart, one of the things I've had to learn is how to take time to pause and let my soul catch up. And I remember my first couple of summers here when things slowed down a bit, I just used them as a chance to get all kinds of extra projects done that I couldn't (laughs) get done during the rest of the year because of how busy it was. And... I looked around and I watched people taking their family vacations and doing the things that their hearts needed. And I was like, man, they're missing an opportunity to get a lot done. And since I've made the switch, um, I so look forward to the slower pace of summer. And the truth is, I'm actually much more effective when it comes fall because I've had a chance to take a break a chance to slow down, to get the soul care I need. I mean, just as an example, two summers ago, I took the whole summer and went to counseling um, once a week before work. Because there was enough space in my day, um, I was able to process and work through some things that, that needed to be worked through. And uh, yeah, Amy and my family were very grateful for that. And I, So we're all runners here on the table. <laughs> and as you say that, John, I'm struck by... What, what my heart, even as I got into running about a year ago, was like, all right, you just go and you run and you run and you run and you run every day and then more and more and more. But the net, that's, the, there's no rhythm, the rhythm to that is always on. There's no rest. And those rest days are, are workouts. 
Like the, without that rest day, your muscles don't recover and you just wear them down and down and down more and more and more and they don't get stronger. And so like that, I'm thinking about even new people, they come up to me and they say, well, this is what I'm going to do. And I think, oh man, I used to be that guy. And there's no rhythm, like you're mentioning, John, in the seasons of work and then the downtime to recover from that makes you, you know, the recovery and healing and all that makes you more productive as you go back into, in our case, the fall season. Yeah, the rhythm piece, absolutely huge. I feel like what you're pushing on, John, is even if your work, or better yet, most likely your job is never going to create a rhythm for you besides the one you were talking about, Justin, where you run and run and run and run and run and run. More is better. Better is better. And just go, that's not the life of the heart. That's not the life of the soul. You really do have to create this for you Ah, artificially if necessary, but you'll find it corresponding to deep need. Mm -hmm. So final question here on our little episode about preparing for summer, making it super accessible, low-hanging fruit tactical. When we're talking about you framed your summer, you know what it's for. You understand this need for rhythm. You are kind of planning around what you've developed as your priorities. Just some things that you've found that are on the tip level of, hey, to actually get more out of your summer, that like have your morning routine and get up 30 minutes earlier than you already do is one. But for you guys, if you could just give a handful of tips on any level uh, to our audience, to the guys here, um, how to use the summer, what's on that list for you? I think from a a practical standpoint uh, on my side is I find that I have to put things on the calendar. There's things that come up that we can be very intentional about in the moment. But when we say we want to go do this thing, it's going to take a whole day or it's going to be an overnight. It always tends to be, for instance, we as a family, five of us have wanted to climb a 14er. I'm the only one in my family who's ever done it. And so that's a 14,000 foot peak here in Colorado. And we've always wanted to do it. And we always like, this is the summer. Yeah, let's do that this summer. Everybody's on board. But it's it takes planning. It's an all day thing with younger kids. And so we've never done it. And so from a practical standpoint, I find that those things that are harder to do than just like it's that's not something you can wake up and say, yeah, let's go run up that peak really quick. It takes a little bit more thought and planning. And so to put that on the calendar and be very intentional about this is what we're going to do on this day. For us, if we don't do that, it's not going to happen. I love that one. And though I shifted the dips, I have one more. You made me think of a more strategic piece um, to think of. Because I was thinking, you know, I'm goal-oriented. I love achieving. And so I know that for me, I have to pick an area near our house where Em and I want to be hiking and go, we're going to try and do every hike in Cheyenne Canyon. And we know that a lot of our Saturdays, we're going to do that, but we have something to work through. Hey, that's fun. Looking for more, you know, male friendship and, you know, our home church community here. What I proposed is, guys, it's a shame that so many breweries and distilleries have come up in our city and we still only go to the same view. Let's, you know, check out these breweries. One thing that's helpful is, 
you know, we're talking about joy, we're talking about rhythm. A lot of the men that I talk with, what because of what their life looks like, you know, saying go experience joy would sort of be like taking most couples and going, step outside of this room and go experience romance. And you would just go, man, you can't just play the track and all of a sudden you're in a romantic moment. You have to cultivate particular things in your relationship. And a helpful tip from my dad a couple summers ago when I was at, you know, threshold pace for the summer was what you need is just variety. Trying to set, trying to go out and enjoy a hike when you never hike, that's you're going to sprain your soul. Mm. Start with difference. Just, you know, you might not love the bike ride, but put the bike ride into your time. You might not love the morning routine. Put the morning routine into your time. Structure these things in because then you're going to get to the spot where you really love the technology-free Saturday when you're taking a walk with your family or you really love the post-dinner time when you're just hanging out around the table. But before you can actually get to joy, you have to start with a much lower bar, which is just variance. Okay, so in that vein, my, I guess, tip would be Find someone who seems to be doing it well and ask them to teach you. And so, like, I remember I did this with hunting. I did this with riding motorcycles. I did this with mountain biking. I did this with running. I did this with swimming. Was I found someone who clearly loved it and had a passion for it. And, and what I find is that people who are good at things who also really enjoy them love the process of inviting other people in. Yes. And so now I find myself like on the other side of that equation uh, pretty often now. Um, but yeah, f- find something that you're like, man, I've always wanted to mountain bike, but I don't know how to mountain bike. Right. Go find someone who enjoys mountain biking and ask them if they'll take you along. I think we often put people like who are really good at things up on this pedestal and we think, oh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to do it with me. I'm a complete novice. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, People who really love something, often one of their favorite things is introducing new people to it. Guys, happy summer. It's May. I hope this is helpful in beginning to push you into thinking of this season rhythmically. JD, Justin, thanks for coming on the podcast today. And I think that the two of you together might just fill in for Sam. Man, thank you. I think it's maybe time for some spike ball. Speaking of summer. Speaking of summer, it's about that time. (laughs) 